Hello, Red Cube listeners. You're very welcome to the latest episode of the Red Cube uh, podcast that covers all things people and culture. We are delighted to be joined by the CPO of Distilled, Laura Doyle. Laura, you are very welcome. Hey, Carl. Thanks a million. How are you keeping, Laura? Good. Yeah, yeah, good. It's a bit wet out there now today, but other than that, I'm keeping well. Thank you. It's lashing rain out there, isn't it? It is, yeah, it's horrible. It's lashing rain. Now, where it wasn't raining is in Venice a couple of weeks ago, where Distilled were announced as the best workplace in Europe. Congratulations. Thanks a million, yeah. It was slightly different over there. Uh, sun was shining. We were looking for shade as opposed to umbrellas. Yeah, typical Irish, isn't it? When the sun shines, we kind of look for the shade, don't we? Yeah. Yeah, but There's listen, no keeping us happy. congratulations. To Thank you. That achievement, best workplace in Europe, which is um, which is fantastic. I, I think I suppose by way of introduction, Laura, for the listeners, you might give everyone a sense as to who Distilled are and, and what. Yeah. Um. So basically, I'm sure you're aware of the brands Daft.ie, Dundeal.ie, and Adverts.ie. Um. Essentially, Distilled is the parent company. Distilled is the company that employs everybody that works uh, across the three brands. Um, and people will work across multiple brands as well. So put together Daft, Dundee and Adverts and the company um, that, that glues it all together is basically distilled. Fantastic. And one of the people that glue it all together as well, Laura, is yourself currently CPO. What about your career today? How, how, how does that look? So basically, I'm in distilled about seven years. Um, I joined Daft. I thought I was taking a nice, easy job. Um, I joined as a HR business partner and um, the role I'd been in prior to that was was more senior. I decided I was just going to, you know, go into a business partner role, uh, take a bit of a step back and kind of, you know, maybe look at work life balance, that kind of thing. But I, I got into the role in Daft and Daft very quickly became Daft Adverts and Undeal. Uh, it was a huge challenge there. Uh, I love a great challenge. Um, so yeah, keeping me um, in my nice uh, role in Daft didn't last very long um, and I've been with um, Distilled kind of on the journey of, you know, becoming a single company. You know, we had three different companies, three different cultures, three different ways of working, um, you know, five different physical locations. Um, you know, even if you think of the, the practicalities of compensation and benefits, you know, three companies paid completely different, benchmarked completely different, performance management was completely different, annual leave benefits, um, you know, and they were probably the easier things to change. Um, but I think bringing three cultures together uh, as one was probably, you know, the, the, the biggest challenge of them all. Wow, Lauren, so, so not an easy task to bring three cultures together as... Yeah. As one, and of course, the journey is is ongoing, right? But but um, could, could you give people a sense as to I don't know where did you even start on that journey of three to one, and and some of the key moments even? I think you know I suppose like we had three of every department, if you can imagine. So I think the first part of it was looking at organization, organization structures, um. Basically, you know, the first step, I suppose, Eamon, our, our CEO, um, took was to put a leadership team in place. So to put a team of people in place 
who are going to live and breathe this um, and, and figure it all out. So that was probably the, the first and, and the most pivotal, I think, step to take in, in the journey to get there. So I think we started off, there was Eamon, there was myself, um, we had a CFO and um, we had somebody looking at strategy as well. Obviously, that leadership team has evolved over time. Um, but myself and Eamon have been kind of on it from, from the start um, to, to where we've got to today. So, so having a good leadership team in place that's committed to the work almost that needs to be, needs to be yeah. done. And, and for me, I think what was key was, you know, the relationship with Eamon or the relationship between HR and, and the CEO. Um, because I think if there isn't buy-in from the CEO on the importance of the HR function, you know, I think anyone will tell you, you know, you may as well bang your head off a wall. It, it, it's too difficult. Um, and it has to be the number one priority, you know, of the business um, to, to get there. And I've seen that connection and action between yourself and Eamon and kind of how you work through different problems and data and, and, and work towards solutions. For the HR people in, in, in listening, uh, Laura, any, any key things you feel the CEO needs to hear from HR to bring them on that journey? Is it data? Is there something else that they need, do you feel? I think it's, it's absolutely data. Um, but in, in addition to data, it, it can be, um, you know, that sense from the HR person of, of where things are. I mean, myself, I've over 25 years HR experience. There won't always be data to, to back up my sense of things. And it's that trust um, that, you know, I've been around long enough to know and, and to recognize um, different things. And you know, sometimes, you know, HR will bring one skill set, a CEO will bring an, another skill set. And what, rather than one being better than the other, they actually complement each other and they should complement each other. And it's really to to work with the strengths, I think, of, of both parties. No, Laura, it's been a long journey, right? And three, mm -hmm. three into one. It sounds like yeah. a song, three, beco three becomes one. Is that the Spice Girls? Think it, was. it is actually yeah jeepers there we go bit of pop trivia don't don't sing Cahill, don't sing don't worry i won't sing we're okay um so so i know there's a lot behind that so so different compensation structures and offerings and you know everything that goes with with, with that obviously the tree cultures the different leadership things like that was there ever a moment where you felt you know what i'm not sure we'll get this one over the line or we'll figure this bit particular piece out plenty of moments Carl um I mean I'm not I'm not going to lie like we had uh, we ran engagement surveys where the comments you know I would read the comments and it was just being like knocked over um we would get glass door reviews um you know I was just looking at some of them back in 2016 2017 yesterday for a presentation that I'm pulling together and I remember the impact of each and every one of those reviews you know you'd, you'd get it you'd open it and you'd be like you know what I'm doing isn't working why are people still thinking this um do they not realize we've done xyz so yeah it was it was absolutely tough you know we we would have a, a monthly company meeting we call it a huddle some people call it an all hands 
and we have anonymous questions and answers in there. And I can remember 2016, 2017, some of the questions we had to answer, you know, we committed to answering any question unless it was, um, you know, overly negative or, or inappropriate. So we answered some really, really tough questions, um, uh, but we said we would do it and, and we committed to transparency. So we did it and they were tough days. Um, you know, there were days where you were thinking, are we ever going to turn this around? Is it ever going to work? But, you know, looking back on it now, I learned so much from, from all of that. And I think, you know, we persevered um, through it. There was days where it really got to me. There was days where it got to the team. There was days where it got to Eamon. But, you know, when it might get to me one day, it might get to Eamon, he picked me up and vice versa. Um, there was chocolate, lots of chocolate involved as well. And... Uh, cups of tea and, and stuff like that but yeah I mean definitely it wasn't it wasn't plain sailing of course yeah I know what I loved about that Laura is the sense of vulnerability that you had to show as part of the leadership team to like it's not easy put yourself in front of people and yeah say, let's go through the questions yeah not an easy place to be you know so so that was a great sense of vulnerability we nearly got through the the, the chat Laura without mentioning COVID but here I go so right the last couple of years or more even COVID and and all the challenges that that threw up for us, right, uh, within within workplaces. Um, any sense of sort of key learnings or lessons that you were distilled have taken away from that COVID period in terms of how you worked? Yeah, I, I think it's funny. I don't know if there's many places that, that would say it, but I actually think COVID has helped distilled go from good to great. Um, bizarrely enough, even though it was one of the most challenging times in in the business and the reason I would say that was you know we went through it together um very early on in COVID um our CEO made a commitment to employees to protect no matter what the future of COVID brought that Distill's aim was to protect the the jobs of its employees and the businesses of its customers um, we made that commitment to, to employees. We did not know what COVID was going to bring. You know, this was probably maybe a month or two months into to working from home. So making that commitment and everyone in distilled kind of pulling together to, to get through it, I think was massive um, for distilled. Um, even in employees, you know, in, in distilled, we all took a pay cut. Um, it was different levels, kind of leadership team would have been the biggest pay cut. And, and then through the business, two months after taking the pay cut, we realized that actually it was going, you know, business would be OK. It was two or three months into it. And we gave every employee back the money, you know, that had come out of the pay cut. And I think that was something that um, employees really, really appreciated. Um, you know, it was tough for our employees. You know, I was lucky, you know, I had a spare room in my house. So I could convert it into an office. Not everybody was the same, but we looked after employees, employee by employee, because no two, situ you know, no two situations um, were the same. You know, we did a lot around well-being um mental health physical health um you know just to try and boost her morale and and you know to help employees and their families actually you know through it um we showed flexibility i mean you know we were all at home suddenly you're homeschooling 
Um, I don't know about you, but I wasn't a natural when it came to, to, to homeschooling and I wouldn't like to do it again. But, you know, we realized that that was tough for, for employees as well. So gave them, you know, the flexibility that they needed around that as well. And then, you know, just sent out pick-me-ups and, you know, different perks when, when we could. And we were just open, transparent and kept people informed as to, you know, where the business was, what was going on, you know, what, what the future held. How did, how did Eamon make that promise? Was 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 that is that a, one of the all hands or? Yeah, it was at it was at one of of the company and all, all hands because I think what it was was there was just so much uncertainty. If you remember, you know, we all left the office. I thought I was packing up my desk for two weeks. Um, thought I'd be back in. Then two weeks came, four weeks, six weeks, eight weeks, and then we realised, okay, this is going to go on. And he always had a good handle on COVID, you know, because he would follow a lot kind of what was going on in, in other countries so you know we discussed it as a leadership team and you know we decided at that point what our priority was um you know we've an amazing set of employees who've always you know given 110 percent and I guess we we just wanted to take that worry away from employees because you know a lot of um employees their their other halves were um, affected by this, some losing their jobs, some, you know, on the COVID payment, different things. So we just wanted to put some stability for our employees in a very unstable um, environment. So for him, I think it felt like a very natural thing to do. And I don't think even when he made the decision, he realised kind of the impact and how well received it would be by, you know, every employee and still like myself included. Amazing, Laura. And uh, there's lots of, um, I don't know, there's lots of fascination post-COVID about the future way of working and yeah. less on the now way of working, right? Because we're, yeah. we're working now, right? We can't wait for the future. And, and uh, could you give people a sense, Laura, as to how this stills, like, how are you choosing to work now? Okay, so at the moment, I suppose, hybrid would describe the, the way we're working at the moment but in reality probably 90% of our employees are working from home so we basically we have an office in Dublin city centre and we have one in Wexford um, both offices uh, have fully reopened um, however if employees want to continue working from home they can if they want to go into the office they can and they can make their own decision on that they don't need approval from their manager for either option um, you know for example this week I think I was due into work I said I'd go into the office on Tuesday just myself wants to get out of the house then I looked at my calendar I realized I had four hours of meeting so I said sure what's the point in traveling to sit in another meeting room so I said I'll work from home so everyone just makes up their own mind and if you want to go in the office is there uh, if you want to work from home and um, work from home we do have days and um, like we do a monthly breakfast in each office um, and we do encourage employees to go into the office on that day, not to work, but to connect with, with their colleagues um, and to connect with each other. Like I know when we started doing that, you know, I was hearing feedback like when I go into the office, I get nothing done um, because I'm just chatting all day and then I go home and I have all this work to, done, to do. So what we said to employees is, look, if you're going into the office on that day, 
deprioritize your work and prioritize making connections. If you spend the day talking to different colleagues about different things, that's absolutely fine because they're the kind of water cooler moments, you know, that 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 we're missing. Um, like we'd also do um, a monthly hike as well. So we have one in each location um, it's a half day. And again, we encourage all employees to, to, to go to those. So, you know, it, and, and it's not like they have to make up work missing. The monthly hike is the work that, you know, that, that, that morning or the afternoon. Um, you know, we really try our best to, to stay connected. Um, you know, we have, we've had one full company day this year. We have another one now coming up in October where everyone's kind of getting together off site. Um, managers have budgets um, for team meetups. So, you know, we'd encourage them to do them whenever possible. But look, if it doesn't suit an employee to, to go along or, you know, the distance is too far, that's fine as well. It's just, you know, if you can make it and you can go, um, you know, it's a really good thing for, for you know, we encourage it, I suppose. Um, and then just in, in relation to working very early on, kind of post-COVID, we said what we were trying to do was equality for those working from home and, and those in the office. So if you're in the office, you still work like you're working at home. You know, it's one laptop per person, um, one screen per person, so that if there are a few people in the office that you don't feel as somebody from home that you're missing out or that you're not part of the conversation or anything like that. And that's worked really well for us um, because kind of the first two or three weeks after reopening the office, we got lots of feedback, you know, from people saying, well, I couldn't hear, you know, I didn't feel I felt out of it. So we very quickly said, look, we just want equality of experience, whether you're from working from home or, or working in the office. That's that's really that's really interesting. I'm going to delve into that in, in, in a second, Laura. And, and I know it feels natural for yourselves in terms of how you're currently working. Was there much discussion about how this is going to be? Did it just naturally come out of COVID? How, how did that kind of play out? Um, kind of towards, you know, when, when we started seeing light at the end of COVID, you know, obviously I had, you know, employees asking us what's going to happen. Are we do will we all have to go into the office? Um, you know, lots of questions, as I'm sure most companies had. So we did the usual, sent out a, a survey um, got information. I think we needed some clarification on some points, sent out a second survey. And it was really clear from the surveys that, you know, around 90 percent of our employees wanted to keep working from home. Um, but there was still the 10 percent, you know, who didn't have a good setup at home or who just wanted to be in the office and, and get out of the house and, and go to work. So what we said was, you know, we we said we'll go into, you know, the remote working or the hybrid model, I should say, where you can stay at home if you want or go into the office as you want, kind of as a six month trial. Um, I think when, when we say a trial, the trial was to make any improvements we needed to make to make it work, not that we were going to reverse it and say, oh, everyone has to come into the office. So during that six months, we gathered, you know, um, I think it was weekly feedback from people to see, you know, what can we improve? You know, you know, what pain points did you notice? Because what might seem like a small thing for us, you know, is a big thing for someone else. Like, for example, you know, people were coming into the office. We only had one monitor, you know, on each desk and they were used to having two monitors and their laptops at home. So look, let's equip the desks, like let's make this easy for people if they do want to go into the office. 
Um, so we got lots of feedback and acted, you know, on anything that we could act on. Yeah, and, and that equality of experience, whether you're in the office, whether you're at home, is 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 certainly a thing. And I think it's great that it's that that intel is coming back to you. It's being said. Um, is yeah. that just the trust facilitates that to come back to you? Because you know, sometimes these things go unsaid as well. Or, or how how is how is that sort of feedback made its way made its way back to you, Laura? I suppose we've got loads of different feedback channels like we, we do three engagement surveys uh, with our employees every year and look you know you get great feedback you know in, in relation to specific questions but you get great comments as well we'll send out pulse surveys um on different things throughout the year so there would have been plenty of pulse surveys you know on the the ways of working for distilled so we would have got very specific feedback there um, we have a, a people a people champs network, so that's kind of um, people who would champion you know our culture, our vision, our, our values. We would get feedback from them. We have a group called the Distillers who look after kind of organising, you know, social connection, um, you know, fun things for distilled. They would give us feedback as well, um, and we do. Every manager does a one to one, you know, with everyone in their team. So we would get the feedback from managers and. You know, we would have done training with managers as well to talk to them about, you know, you know, we want this to work, but we need the feedback. We need you to be asking the questions. And then the managers would come back to us, um, you know, with with feedback. And look, in addition to that, you know, I'd have messages from employees saying, look, I noticed this and members of my team would as well. So I think it's just the, the communication channels are there. We asked for the feedback and, and we got it. And the great thing about that is we were able to, to act on it. Um, I'm not saying everything's 100% perfect. You know, there's always things that, that we need to keep doing and, and different things that will pose challenges. Um, but we continue to, to work on it. There's lots of investment in the listening practices that are there. Yeah. One of the things we're hearing, Laura, from, from many organisations who are operating in a hybrid setting is that they're struggling to figure out the connection piece or, or maybe they're doing things but people aren't taking them you know getting involved or things like that any tips for for people as to what you believe are the key components if you're trying to drive that connection i think it has to be from the top down and i think the leaders in the business have to lead by example I mean, there's there's absolutely no sense in us saying there's uh, going to the to the office for the monthly breakfast. Um, don't worry about your workload. If the leadership team are all working from home, sending multiple emails and messages, you know, during that time, you absolutely have to, you know, encourage it and, and lead by example. Um, you have to give people the space to participate, you know. So like if if you're putting a, a hike out there or you know, a monthly breakfast out there, you have to encourage your team to go, you know, no matter how busy they are, you know, this is really important, you know, go along, you know, make the time because plenty of times I've asked people just to go and afterwards they've said to me, you know, thanks for encouraging me to go. I know I was up to my eyes, but I'm so glad that I went. So it's, you know, doing that. And I think, you know, I'm guilty of it myself. We all get into our comfort zones at home and you look out the window, it's wet or it's cold. I know I'll, I'll just leave it for today, but it's really, you know, encouraging it. And I think the same thing is doesn't suit everybody. You know, like even that I mentioned there, we're, we're doing hikes. 
you know, where, you know, we had sometimes participation is amazing. Sometimes it's not amazing. You know, we talked to our employees and some of the feedback that we got is, look, not everyone likes to hike. Um, you know, the outdoors isn't for everyone. So now um, our group called the Distillers and, and our People Champs are getting some ideas from employees about other things that they would like to do um, to keep that connection. Um, I think the the full company meetups, um, I mean, we, we've had one, we'll have a second one coming up. The first one was just a massive success. I mean, the goodwill from everybody and the, just the sense of being together was, um, yeah, I, I just couldn't describe it. I didn't kind of expect it to be, you know, half, half as, as great as it was. Um, and I think just, you know, working with your management team, I mean, this is something that we got from great places to work, you know, very early on in, in our journey is, you know, working with, you know, our managers and making sure they realize the importance of this and that they're ensuring that their teams, you know, stay connected as teams, but also connected to other teams and then the wider and um, distilled as well, because I mean, we can all think of, of times in our career where it'd be when you weren't happy in a job and you might go for a night out with your, you know, your colleagues and then you'll go into work the next day and think, oh God, I actually love working here. What am I thinking about moving for? I mean, it's amazing that power um, that that has and just having, you know, a laugh and not talking about something work, you know, it, it has a big impact on people. So I think it's really important to encourage it, lead by example and give people the time and space you know to to engage in whatever it is you're trying to do yeah it's a great way of connecting getting to know people not talking yeah just actually getting to know who they are yeah. and what their interests are and, and so so i know the monthly hike is so i suppose for people you might see the distillers on hot mountain or hot hill yeah. or various places like that have to say hello um but but it's great as well that the feedback is coming in that maybe we need to try some different things as well to encourage that encourage that connection which is great in terms of onboarding new talent uh laura in in a into a sort of a hybrid model if you like is there any changes you've had to make from the traditional way of onboarding new talent yeah there's there's probably a few and and funny kind of when everywhere reopened we had originally um scheduled our first onboarding to happen in person and then we actually switched it no let's leave it remote because we just had different you know I think we had one person in a different location who couldn't make it to the office and we just thought it would be a really bad experience um, for that person we haven't changed it massively I mean you know it's still you know the same kind of you know introduction from the CEO and, and myself day one then each of the you know, members of the leadership team would do a presentation into to their areas. Um, you know, we group exercises that we get people to do. You know, it's that's still we probably had to, you know, jig that around a little bit so it could be done remotely. Um, the role of the body has probably changed a little bit, and we have to be more conscious of telling people about everything that's going on in distilled because I think previously um you know if you're sitting in the office you'd hear about this or that or the other whereas now you know we've had to i'd say improve our documented um onboarding pack so that people are getting every piece of information that that they need and probably instead of you know there being you know people who go into the kitchen and have a coffee and maybe meet 
their, their colleagues, what we're doing now is just arranging meetups and just five minutes here, five minutes there with different people across the business. Um, and we do get them to go into the office, you know, as well, so that they can see the physical office so that they know what people are talking about or, you know, when they hear about the office that they've actually been there, but they're under no, um, you know, they're under no requirement, you know, to go in after that. I mean, there's, I know I've recently had a new hire into the HR team. Um, that person is based in Galway and kind of as part of the recruitment process, I said, look, I'd like you to come to the office once every quarter and um, just so that the team can work together for, you know, a day. Um, and that was absolutely, you know, no issue or, or no problem, but just to spell it out first so that the expectation is clear. Brilliant. Um, and, you, you know, when you've been on a journey like you've been on and distilled, right, inevitably you end up with lots of practices, right, lots of ways of doing things and people practices this is a tough one Laura but is there any practice you feel you couldn't do without um uh, in terms of the distilled culture is there any practice we couldn't do without I wouldn't I wouldn't allow so I, I said we do three engagement surveys a year so we do great places to work and then we do another one um twice a year um and the surveys absolutely complement each other and I absolutely would not, for any money in the world, let anyone take away my, my engagement surveys because I think they've been key and core to us um, getting from where we were then to where we are now by listening to, to, to the feedback, the good and the bad. I mean, some of it, first time you hear it, you get defensive. Um, then you start, you know, listening to it with open ears and, and, and properly. And like there, the, the key things that we've implemented in Distilled have all been off the back of feedback from employees. And one of the things I hear from many companies, Laura, is, is how impressed they are of how Distilled give the outside world, if you like, outside talent, a sneak preview or a look inside mm -hmm. the distilled culture so if anyone you know is interested you check out distilled on linkedin and you'll see the postings that you do and, and things like that and um, how do you how do you structure that piece because i think you're really good at just giving that outside world that inside look at the distilled culture we haven't always been good at it um and i think one of the things you know when daft dundeel and adverts came together as as one culture you know we had to we had to find out what our culture was like what is distilled and um, so we did an employee value proposition we got a group of employees together and um, hired an external company and we basically for two days solid you know that group of employees who were completely diverse group of employees so every, every there was great representation across the business nobody from the leadership team, nobody from HR discussed what they loved about Distilled, what made Distilled just say unique to them. So if they got a phone call in the morning from Google Workday, whoever, why they would say no and, and stay Distilled, Distilled over that. So, you know, from that EVP, we kind of, okay, this is our identity. Um, and then we kind of looked at our brand, if you like, that that we had in place then. And it didn't represent, you know, what had come out of that and, and our employees feeling. 
so look, we, we did a complete rebrand and new website, you know, we redid the offices, all the swag and, and all of that. But we kind of felt in conjunction with that, we we needed to sell that to people who were looking for a job or just so the people know what it's like to, to work in the stilt because I'm look, I'm CPO, I'll say to you, I think there's something unique there. Um, but our employees genuinely feel it. And you know, we have people now who who seek us out, who, who are asking us, you know, are you know, are there any open roles? You know, people know who we are, you know, we get new followers every, every single week. So it, it's not that we're doing we're showing anything we're not doing we're just showing what we're, we're, we're doing and giving it a bit of an insight into it because we know it's special we know it's unique and we just wanted to share that kind of with other people and it, you know it helps with um you know attracting new talent but it also gives our current employees a great sense of pride because you know the number of people that have said to me oh my friend saw this post and you know she wants to know is her job there or does this really what happened? Are you making it up for social media? And we're like, no, no, this is, you know, what it is. Um, and it's it's somebody, you know, in, in my team, um, Linda, who would look after all of the social media postings and she just does an amazing job at it. So she owned the EVP, she owned the rebrand and, and she owns kind of this and works out with it, at it with other people across the business. I think it's just, you know, we just wanted to give people an insight into our culture because I think because I think we've gone on this journey, you know, where, you know, we had to build it up. We had to get there, you know, and, we, you know, a good few of us have been there since the start. We're just so happy to have gotten it to where it is now. Um, and we want to share that. That's great when talent is seeking yeah. You out, right? Um, we're not photoshopping distillers on onto the top of a hill. It's actually happening, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but that's a wonderful thing when when you're hearing that and talent are seeking yeah. out based on what they've seen. And I mem- remember a few years ago in the still, we were a little shy to sell ourselves and absolutely talk about yeah. actually the good things we were doing. And look, it's great to see that 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 we're doing that. Um, lots of great great insights there Laura um maybe a sort of a rapid fire question round just two quick questions for you mm-hmm. um are you a netflix or a disney plus or a tv person i know there's lots of platforms out there i probably missed loads say netflix when i get time but uh <laughs> there isn't a lot of those any particular netflix show that you've liked or um gosh i'm trying to think now what was the last few things I, I started watching we'll call mo yesterday but i've only got I'm not even through the first episode a friend of mine recommended it um uh, selling on sunset of course you know i had to watch that <laughs> being daft and all that you know <laughs> of course absolutely yeah yeah and selling sunset it's is it the oc now it was oh the oc yeah 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 absolutely you got to check that out absolutely and, and uh laura any favorite movies Top Gun is my absolute favourite movie of all time. It's very shamefully caught up. Really? The first one or the latest one? Oh, the first one. The first one, definitely. But I did go to the latest one and I did enjoy it. It wasn't as bad as I I thought it would be. I haven't seen it. It's good though, is it? Yeah, it's still in the cinema. So you still have time. The first movie has stood the test of time, hasn't it? It's great. Yeah, yeah, I love it. I'd still know if I was flicking around and it was on, I'd sit down to watch it. Um, much to my husband's dismay he's like not again not again here we go again more time yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Great. Uh, Laura, really appreciate you joining us. I just want to congratulate you on the journey that you and everyone in Distilled has been on over the last number of years. Um, like it's been a pleasure to watch how you listen to the data and kind of move then into action from, from data. Of course, congratulations on recently being announced as a best workplace in Europe. And I really appreciate you taking the time to join us today. Thank you very much. No Laura. problem. Thank you, Carl. And look, you know, great places to work have been on that journey with us as well. Um, and, you know, this time it was funny, you know, normally when we'd get the, the feedback from yourselves, you know, we'd sit down and there was plenty of feedback. And I remember this this year when we got the results, you, you went through them with us. We we're like, right, so what action? And, and you said, well, there isn't a lot that I can say with these results. But to go from that to full on, you know, conversations a good few years back, hopefully we can we can sustain it. And that's kind of what we're really working hard on at the moment, protecting that uh, culture um, with, uh, um, you know, everyone's just behind it. Thanks, Laura. We appreciate your partnership. No problem. Thanks a million, Carl. Redcube listeners, thank you very much for joining us today. Please subscribe to our podcast if you haven't already done so. And of course, leave us a review and tell us what topics would you like us to cover in the future.